Welcome to the Porsche Club Insider, your one stop for all things Porsche and PCA. Here's your host, Vu Gwynn, and the Insider Crew. Welcome to episode podcast 30. I'm not at the podcast studio. I'm actually in Stuttgart, Germany, and I'm with my friend here, Paul Greger. Many of you know him. He's been around PCA for quite some time. Uh, I'll introduce him uh, formally a little bit later. But we also have Mandy Albin. Hopefully we can see him and Damon as well in the studio. A little bit more comfortable, you guys. Not really. I don't like this scene <laughs> at all. I'm used to my spot where Damon's sitting because there's more room for my laptop, my uh, coffee cup. This is uh, this feels like the middle seat on Southwest. See, I'm more comfortable because now I'm naturally facing the yeah, camera. Don't, don't get of... don't get too comfortable in that seat. I'm taking it back <laughs> next podcast. Don't don't get too comfortable in the seats that you're in because I'm coming back. You could you could have this seat back. So you're really in uh, Zuffenhausen, right? I am, and yeah. maybe Paul, the exact building that we're in. We're actually in the new, because a lot of the buildings have changed over time here. The space is tight, and so we're in the new works delivery center, which is up on, on the hill, if people know that, next to the Alcatel, the old Alcatel building. So in Sofenhausen, uh, in the Werkslieferungszentrum. So this is within walking distance to the Porsche Museum, yeah. and to my right over here is a parking structure that is really, when you walk in there, it's like a kid in a candy store, because it is just, what, three levels? Four. Four levels of Porsches, and they have this vending machine, and if you have the correct ID, you can just punch in numbers and get the keys to a GT3, GT4, Panamera, Taycan, and it's uh, it's pretty cool. It's the home to our fleet of cars that we use for events worldwide, and so there's probably, with all the different fleets in there, there's multiple hundreds of cars that are in there, and so there's one system to take care of. So, if you will, it's the Matchbox box that we had as kids that's kind of in real. Exactly. So, I, there's a lot. Of- i got to say, before we get started, that... Uh- it's pretty cool having Paul on. It was a surprise. Uh, I don't think Damon and I knew that Paul was coming on. So uh, for those who are listening, Paul, uh, Paul Paul is part of PCA, essentially, even though he worked for Porsche. Um, he really uh, did so much for PCA and things that uh, we always talk about, like the Club Coupe, um, the Restoration Project, so, Tech Tactics, so many different parts he touched. Uh, when he was uh, here in the U.S. and working from Germany on behalf of P- PCA, so uh, it's great to have him back in the uh, in the uh, club's role. And, and even though he's in Europe, but uh, to hear and see, you, it's great to have you on the show. Very cool to be here. Believe me. And he started about a year after I came on board yep. with PCA. And you know, when we talk about the relationship and how it's grown and for the better and all the different things that Manny just mentioned, it's because this guy right here helped us navigate all the different waters to, to make all those things happen. Yep. It was a team. It was, it was, um, we had a, we've had a good, really good run. I think we've, we've come a long way. Um, and I think what you're seeing in your club today um, is benchmarked for a lot of clubs around the world. So we've, we've done well. So before we get into too, you know all the things that go- has been going on since last Wednesday, I don't even know how many days it's been here in Germany, but I've got so much to share with you all. But I think I'm going to have to download to the staff and kind of organize it and share with you in chunks. But uh, let's let's go. Let's talk about Rensport because more recently we had some uh, some activity there. Yeah, that was a it was a challenging day when the tickets went on sale. It was, um, uh, I guess, we knew our, our members and their enthusiasm and how they would be uh, lining up to buy tickets. 
and uh, maybe the ticket company that Laguna hired wasn't so uh, prepared for it. Uh, but we got through it. And I got to give kudos to our member services team here at the yeah. PCHQ because they worked nonstop answering the phone. So much so, Laura went out and bought them lunch, got them coffee because uh, I don't even know they got bathroom breaks. Their phone was ringing off the hook uh, because people, you know, couldn't get through uh, to the uh, to the track or to the ticket company. And, uh, they, it was pretty, it was overwhelming for, uh, the server. Uh, but I think we got through it and I think most everyone got the tickets they were looking for. Yeah. And I want to, you know, show our appreciation to Porsche Cars North America to even think about giving PCA members the opportunity to get their tickets first. And so Paul, you and the team at PEC, uh, Atlanta, and such that uh, helped arrange all of this. Yes, it didn't go as expected, but still it's an opportunity for us to kind of get to the front of the line. And I believe it opens up to the general the 28th, uh, 28th. So um, it was several days in advance. And I think as of right now, things are running fairly smoothly. And again, thank you to the PCA staff where there's a lot of times when our, even our own members don't understand that, you know, this is, we're in a supporting role here. We, we didn't, contract the ticket company we don't you know we we share a certain amount of information uh, in hopes to make things easier for our members but we do not management we manage it we don't pick who does it uh, but yet you know our our staff kind of got beat up for it so like i said i want to thank the the member services for taking the heat and smiling and, and getting through it yeah there were some uh mean things said on uh, social media I write that off as uh, just knee-jerk reactions people have to automatically blame uh, PCA. Um, but, you know, and, and, you know, everyone, when I, I always say when Apple has problems with their debut of their new phone, um, what, what's the rest of us going to do when it comes to computers? So, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it happens and it, uh, we, we got, we got past it. The track got past it. And uh, it's going to be a great event in a year. We're all looking forward to it. What uh, PCA will be in charge of is the uh, sale of the parade lap tickets. Uh, that will be announced so once again uh, ahead of time. It will be offered to PCA members first, just like these uh, uh, admission tickets. Uh, so listen to the podcast. Uh, subscribe to eBreak to get notice. Otherwise, you're just checking the website all the time to uh, find a notice. But eBreak News and the uh, podcast will be the first one to let you know when parade lap tickets because they will also sell out very quickly too because uh even people who've driven on the track want to be on the track uh, even if just for a few laps to be part of Rensport. absolutely and and i'll get into some of the things that i've learned as i've i've been here the past couple of days and people here are super excited about Rensport, and I, I have a little bit to share but before we get into that, how was how was your weekend? What did you guys do? Well, before I get into that, actually, uh, let me go through a couple uh, FAQs since people are listening and they're wondering about uh, Rensport. Stuff we learned uh, that the staff compiled. At some point, we're going to put this on our website. Um, but these were the questions that uh, uh, they were asking, some of the questions they were asking our uh, member services personnel. Uh, people who went to last Rensport remember there was a uh, there was a tractor race and uh, – it was very popular. So uh, people with tractors have been asking about that. Um, uh, we're still waiting to hear about what will, will there be a tractor race. 
Uh, Bruce Canepa is the one who's been overseeing uh, the race groups and which cars get in, which cars don't get in. So I would imagine that he will have more information as that becomes available. Uh, there will be camping, the track said. Uh, once again, you're going to have to contact the track about that. But uh, those of you who've uh, camped before at Laguna, I think you can expect the same. Um, if you bought a uh, corral ticket and you've either uh, sold a model Porsche you're going to bring or you made a mistake and you just picked the wrong corral, um, you have to call the track up directly to get that changed. So we can't do that PCA, and uh, I don't think they can do it online at the track either. You've got to call the track, and that number is uh, 831 242 8200. Once again, 831-242-8200. Will there be a club race? Uh, Like we covered this in the last podcast. Yes, PCA will have a race group and more information will be coming up. Um, They anticipate uh, in a few days we'll have information about that on the PCA club racing website. Um, Is there a limit to how many uh, corral passes you can buy? Uh, There is a limit, one per person. So if you have a co-entrant or a a co-member, be a spouse or a a relative, you each can buy a ticket. So it's essentially two corral tickets per membership number. Um, There are 24 different classes in the corral. doesn't mean that there's uh, 24 different parking lots. It just means the way uh, Porsche wants to spread out the corral and have a a good mix of cars is – breaks out into 24 different models so it's important that you uh pick the correct model because they'll be checking that uh when the cars come into the corral and if you have the wrong model odds are they won't let you into the corral and they'll direct you to general parking which is i.e the dusty area of uh, laguna seca um for the corral pass it's a four-day pass the track is not selling any one two or three day corral pass so you just have to buy uh, all four days and that's your only option and uh i think uh you know does it um the children under 15 are uh free with the paying adults and looking at the uh faq here pca is not reserved any hotel rooms so uh, uh people this is this since is not a pc event and we're not uh in charge of it um, the hotels are, are you're pretty much on your own. Um, a lot of hotels aren't taking reservations for at least a year. Some uh, it's six months. So you have to check and see when they actually open up reservations. Uh, some Airbnbs are like that. Other Airbnbs aren't aware of Rensport and the pricing is actually pretty low. So it's something to uh, do some research. Uh, according to Laguna Seca, there is no refund. All sales are final. So if you want to, Return your ticket. You're going to have to sell it on the open market. So I saw Paul playing around with his phone. Do you have a little information to add? No, just the one the one comment I add to that because we've had some questions coming in. I think uh, the reaction, as you said, with the, the overload and stuff is just a testament to the interest that's at the event that's there. There's a lot of people interested in this event. And there's not a lot of international people asking about the tickets on them now. I think it's, for the internationals, it's important to clarify that the tickets you're selling now are also with the corral pass mm-hmm. so general admission tickets are only ongoing except for everybody as of the 28th um the tickets that are on sale now are for the pta and the corrals which means you must bring a car to be there so for a lot of the international guests that was not quite clear so just to okay. clarify that point um tickets for everybody go on on the sale on the 28th 
Um, but I think, you know, it shows the interest of the event. There's a huge mm-hmm. excitement there. So the pre advanced tickets you've been offering are the ones only with corral passes and not general admission alone. And for those who have never been to Laguna Seca, when we say uh, parking's outside the track, that just means it's on the really the outside of the track. It's not like in a different city or, or where you're taking a shuttle bus uh, miles away. It's just uh, um, a lot dirt lots they have around the track that is not considered the inside of the track or the infield. So you'll have to walk across a bridge to get into the uh, infield. And I would have ventured to say the majority of people will probably be parking outside of the track unless, as Paul has articulated, you drive your Porsche with the corral pass. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks, uh, guys. Again, thank you to the member services for putting that list together. That's going to be super helpful. And you said we're going to be putting that online as well? I think they're working on the they still have some questions they have to be answered, so they want to get a little bit more thorough, and then they'll uh, they'll put it online. But that was the uh, most common questions that they were being asked. Awesome. All right, so back to your weekend. How was it? I'm, re- I'm rebuilding uh, brake calipers right now, so uh, okay. I'm getting there. So my uh, Cayman has uh, its stock brakes. It's an 07 model. So I'll be putting Cayman R uh, brakes and discs onto it, um, which the Cayman R, Cayman S, and base Cayman from 09 to 2012 have the same exact brakes. Uh, The brake booster is the same across the dot one and dot two models. So it's really a a bolt-on mod. But uh, you can see there in this picture, this is one of the front uh, brake calipers uh, behind it are the caliper pistons which push the brake pads and squeeze the rotor so what i'm doing there is i took out all the seals um, pulled out the pistons inspected them inspected inside the cylinder bores and i'll be and cleaned everything out uh, i'll be putting high temp boots on and hopefully it all goes well they're brakes so you only get one shot at this you know, I uh, can't uh, have them bailing on you when you're on the test drive. But uh, so far, so good. So were your brakes going bad or is this just an They're upgrade? about time to be replaced and I'll be driving on track. And in future years, I figured I'd, I'd do an upgrade. And does that change you in class? No, brakes are, are open, usually at least. D- Damon uh, is preparing for Roger Penske to be in the stands when he makes his driver's <laughs> ed debut. Yeah, this is how I uh, go pro. <laughs> First step, <laughs> he's uh, going to have the most well-prepared green group card that I've ever seen. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, you're going to start in green group? That's true, because you have no driving history. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, I do, but very, very little on track. So I'll be in green, I'm sure. Oh, that's going to be pretty it interesting. It might just be one day but uh, before you move yeah. them up. But, yeah, it'll be a, a very, very well-prepared uh, Cayman for driver's ed. Plus, he's, the rebuilding, he's rebuilding them at the right time because you don't want yeah. to rebuild them when they're leaking and the piston has uh, damaged the core and, you know, all hosts of problems. So yep. this yep. is no. actually the perfect time when you don't need to rebuild them. It's a good time to rebuild them. Yeah, and I should say I bought those calipers off of, of Renlist, actually. Uh, our, our ad director emailed me saying, hey, there's a, a cheap set of Cayman R calipers on, on Renlist and... I knew at some point I'd probably be upgrading, so I bought them. Uh, so those are not the brakes that are currently on the car or that I've been using. So the, the front brakes that are currently on the Cayman, the stock brakes, will be going on to my 2015 Golf TDI. 
and I have the uh, adapter kit for that. So I'll have Porsche brakes on it. Look at you. <laughs> I've been busy yeah. in the garage. Oh, yeah. How about you, May? What'd you do this weekend? I actually took two comp days this past week, and I did nothing but uh, maintenance on the cars. I, I changed oil on six cars, and I have about 40-some uh, quarts of oil sitting next to my house that we got to take to the recycling center. I uh, bled the brakes on the 914. That's a little photo. That Mighty Vac is the greatest invention ever. Uh, Absolutely. Because I would usually get my wife to help me bleed brakes, which meant she had to be home. And she would always ask, because she doesn't drive manual transmissions, which pedal does she want me to push on? <laughs> and that would scare the heck out of me because I would tell her, you can't mess around. you got to use the brake pedal, not the clutch pedal. And after having too much air in my brakes from her doing it, I got this Mighty Vac and... Uh, I think that's what it's called. It's called, right? The, yeah, the, the uh, pressure bleeder. Pressure they're, they're bleeder. Awesome. Yeah. That's what I use. Oh. Yeah, it's it's. An, I know Vu has one too. It's an incredible uh, tool for one person to be able to uh, change brake fluid. I apologize, guys. The where we're sitting, it's kind of like a bar, and there's a fridge underneath that just kicked on. So I don't know if it's messing up. Oh, there nope. you go. You can hear it fine. Okay. Yeah. So uh, it was maintenance for me. Uh, wasn't uh, really days off, but I got to do a lot of. Uh, delayed maintenance because i haven't had time on the uh the 914 i drove so little last year i'm so ashamed when i was draining the oil it was almost brand new and i realized i put less than 500 miles on it so i actually took it to uh cars and coffee on saturday because i felt so guilty i hadn't driven it in a few months weather was good good turnout yeah a little bit uh a little bit uh brisk in the yeah. morning but uh nothing uh nothing to keep the people away it was a uh, typical Hunt Valley horsepower showing on uh, on a Saturday morning. Yeah, it Good. feels like fall now. The weather has changed. So mm. it's that driving season now. Well, it definitely is uh, chillier here in Germany as well. Been wearing the sports coat and light jacket everywhere I've been. So what uh, you know? What else I did was, uh, and actually my wife came with me. Um, our region had a Concord judging school. But they have so many new, uh, they want to bring it, teach new pe people how to be judges. So, uh, well, yeah, it's the only photo I took of the event. Uh, we were showing the experienced judges were showing the future judges, you know, where to find dirt. And it was funny. The conversation inside was for two hours going over, uh, how many points you take off for certain things, tenths of a point and, uh, telling stories. And, and I thought, you know, uh, this is a perfect advertisement for Works Reunion because it's a whole different style. In fact, uh, they're even using a Works class instead of Street Concord. They're using uh, what they call Works, which is uh, the way uh, the cars are judged at Works Reunion, you know, where it isn't so much an emphasis on a uh, Q-tip uh, cleansed car, but uh, how the car presents itself and the story from the owner and whatnot. But, yeah, it was a pretty good uh uh, pretty good event, and about 15 minutes after this photo was taken, it just poured down rain. You can't see from that angle, but on the other angle, it's really black clouds. So my 964 got a uh, free washing, thanks to Mother Nature. Now, if, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that is your wife in the middle. Yes, in the middle. she wants to become a concourse judge. Uh, she is actually very competitive and is planning to enter her boxster again this year. And uh, they were talking about past members who uh, 
did not do so well in Concord and then just kind of like quit the club because they got their car got hammered in Concord. And she brought up the fact that after she spent like uh, 30 hours prepping her car, uh, our own Ron Gordon forgot to announce her name as the winner in her class until after the banquet was over. We walked up and asked, uh, you know, uh, we thought Roxanne won. Her, and he looked and he goes, oh, yeah, she did. And we said, well, you never announced it. And he felt so bad. Oh. Uh, and But like she said, she said, that didn't stop me. They make me want to quit the club. Uh, yeah. But yeah, evidently some people uh, can't handle uh, not winning Concord and quit PCA because of it. So I said, oh, that's why we have works reunion. Oh. All right. Anything else going on the weekend? I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about uh, club coordination and the whole reason why we're here in Germany with, with Paul and crew. Is that all right? Yeah, let's uh, take advantage of having Paul uh, with you. So, Paul, uh, you know, you've been the conduit for a lot of different projects when you were in the role um, at PEC Atlanta and now that you're back at AG. And you kind of went to a different department for a little bit, but now you're back in club coordination. It's actually been a number two years now? Almost, almost two. So a year and a half, almost, year and a half, almost. And we're happy to see you back in this role because you're back in our world. But maybe share with the, those that don't understand club coordination and you know, why PCA comes across the pond to see you all. Cool. Yeah. Well, actually, I joined Porsche in 2007, so I was fortunate enough to be brought on board to look after the, the club relations and um, started back in the day with, with, with you and working all through the program through. And actually, if you look at it this year, the clubs are celebrating their 70th anniversary. So the first club was formed for Porsche in, on May 26, 1952. And so starting with, with the original um, 13 members. It's now grown to a community with over um, 250,000 members around the world, over 720 clubs in 86 countries. Um, and to commemorate this, we've created a special portal. If, you have, if everyone wants to take a look at that, it's on PorscheNews.com. Um, PorscheClubNews.com, sorry. Um, if you go, there's a whole section on the 75th anniversary with information on the dates. There's the stories. We invite the club members to upload their stories and tell us about the clubs, what makes them so passionate, what's exciting for them. And actually this year, when we were at Amelia Island, we had the chance to meet with Dave Dave Roddenroth, um, and we, we posted a video we did with him there, or Brock Keane was at Parade, so there's a, there's a report on Brock and his activities. So this portal here has a lot of information. There's the graphics on the 70th anniversary, and what's really cool here, this club history part, if you look at 70 years of history, we've actually dr drilled into it and chopped it into decades, so there's the seven decades. In each one of those decades, if you go into that, there's a wealth of, of information on pictures and stories and graphics that go with it. So um, there's hundreds of pictures and stories that are going with these all downloadable so people can use it if they're looking at the highlights of the years the clubs were founded in those years. So a wealth of information there as well. Uh, a little bit farther down, um, we have the reports on the events themselves, the major events we've done around the world. So we've been supporting a lot of the bigger events this year to celebrate the 70th anniversary. So we started on, on um, May 26th in Holland and in Le Mans with a classic event, but we also had a report from the Porsche Parade this year. So Brock Keane was there, and on behalf of us, he was on the parade itself and covered the, the passion and enthusiasm there. So we had a lot to talk about this year. It's been fantastic to look at the clubs and in their various iterations. And here, I mean, the PCA, we sent the challenge out. Um, if you could do something with the logo, and you came back with this very this incredible um making of a remaking of the logo itself in the cars. I think there's no other club on the planet that could do that. So 
kudos to everybody that was involved in doing that, and that's definitely become a very iconic picture, I think, uh, looking forward. But coming back to the clubs in general, I think that you know they've always been important to Porsche, and I think on this trip alone, you've met Phil Zanetela, who started the clubs yeah. back in the day with Hushka von Hanstein and the, and the group. Um, just been a part of our DNA that we've always had a very close relation to the clubs themselves um, and seeing how they've grown. And as Porsche started as a small company and grew, we've, we've managed to grow along along together. Um, so this is a lot of this information on the clubs themselves is on that portal. So please go ahead and take a look at that. And I think it's, it's great that this time around, EC has been here to visit us. You know, Corona has, has definitely put a damper in that. Um, but we're always happy to have you come and visit us. A lot of the clubs come and visit us here at the factory, and it's important to, to set those relationships and to make the, the links, to forge the links across the continent. So we're very happy to have had you here this week. Yeah, it's um, you know it's very evident uh, spending time here. We're actually here with our current president, Tom Gorsuch, and uh, if everything goes correctly, the, the next incoming president would be Aaron Ambrosino, and it's it's encouraging to see no matter where or who you're talking with in Porsche, they recognize PCA and the number of ambassadors we represent. And every department we go to, they kind of think of their way of sharing whatever they're responsible for, and they want to share a bit with PCA. And they always have PCA in the back of their mind, be it you know, be it um, e-bikes or if it's motorsports or if it's uh, the museum, if it's, you know, all these little pieces of their their world they want to share with our club. And I think that's so unique. Yes, there are other car clubs. Yes, there's other manufacturers that, that, that have a relationship with their car clubs. But by far, I think the model example is Porsche and PCA. I think it's just that our, our histories are so intertwined, and, and the PCA is a big part of that. I mean, with 250,000 members worldwide, PCA now with over 150,000 of those, that goes a long way back. But if you look at our history as well with regards to the history we have in, in our company, um, you know, America has always been a big part of that. So it's not a surprise that that's developed over time that way, and it's something that we're very proud of. And as I said earlier, I think that, you know, in a lot of ways, the PCA we've, that we've developed in the last years is benchmark for a lot of the clubs that are coming up. So we, we would like to share that experience and and, and bring the, the visions in there. I mean, the discussions yep. we had with e-bikes today, is it's a, it's a new direction, new group, and I think it's very key that they start talking to you now looking forward because the American market is significant. Yeah. And so we are, we're actually in a working area, so I, I apologize if there's some background noise. Um but let's kind of talk about who we saw. Maybe just highlights. Uh, first off, uh, Sebastian Merkel. Yeah. So, so in our team, we are we are the global community group um, within the experiential marketing group, and Sebastian Merkel is the leader of the group. Is the director of the group itself. Um, and so, as a team, we look after the communities in general. So there's obviously there's the club community, which is by far the largest community in the world. But there's also the golf community, the circle. Um, we're looking at doing some stuff for GTs. Look at new communities. So it's it's the group that looks after the communities, and in that group there, um, myself and Matthias Menach, Stefan Grise, look after the clubs worldwide. And while we were here, it just happened to coincide with the number two largest Porsche club group, and that is the great Porsche club group. Britain has 22,000 members, and they celebrated their 60th anniversary a year ago, and because of Corona, they had to postpone it. So they had planned a large trip where they were going to do a a drive from the UK through Europe, um, and in the meantime, they've now come. They went from the UK through Spa to Sufenhausen, 
and uh, they came visit us here for a couple of days, which coincided with your visit, which was very yeah. cool. And they've now moved on to Italy to visit our new experience center in, in Franciacorta and then back. So um, to commemorate their 60th anniversary, we had them here. We had special tours. And it was very special on, on Friday evening. We actually had a gala dinner in the museum itself, in the collection, um, where we had representatives of Club Great Britain. There was, there was 80, 90 people from there. You happened to be there. The president of the Porsche Club of Germany was there. So actually we had a cross-representation of three-quarters of the club population, if you will, worldwide, because those are the three of the biggest clubs that there are. Yeah, I want to well, I want to thank uh, the folks at Porsche Club of Great Britain for welcoming us with open arms to their celebration. And as, as you said, said earlier, we uh, met with the Porsche Club of Germany. And um, I felt very proud to, you know, all the discussions, they kind of, you know, look towards us for some advice. They look towards us for sharing ideas of how to make things work. And and I, I, I promise to them at any point if they're looking at certain programs that they want to do, surely you know we're we're willing to share the recipe and hope that they're successful as well. So it was it was really cool. And and the dinner that Paul was talking about, is, I don't think it's ever been done where they had a dinner gala at the top of the Porsche Museum when the museum was closed in the evening where the turntables are. So for those who have been to the museum before, there are the five turntables up top. And in that area, we had the banquet, which was, which was very cool because um, Richard Atwood was also there. There were some guests. So it was, it was a very, very nice evening. And I think it's important to reach out. I mean, you and I have been talking about what we can do next year for the 70th anniversary of setting up touch points for clubs globally. So whether it be at Rennsport or Parade or Le Mans Classique or... Um, the other events of Goodwood that are going on, that's something we could definitely look into. And I think we laid the foundations for that. Yeah, and they, they definitely want to come over and do events with us. Um, let's let's jump right into... You know, I think it'd be worth mentioning that uh, um, so people can understand with the clubs. Um, in the U.S. or North America, there's only three clubs that Porsche recognizes. And I don't think that's changed. Yep. Uh, Porsche Club of America, the Porsche Owners Club, which is, I think, primarily in Northern California... And of course, the 356 registry. And while you'll see a lot of uh, different Porsche clubs online and Facebook groups and whatnot, uh, the three I just mentioned are the ones that Porsche recognizes. And that goes a long way because that's who Porsche reaches out to when they come to uh, helping with events or doing projects and whatnot. Yep, absolutely. Um, then the next stop. Um is probably to what many consider sacred grounds, and uh, it's a little place called Weissach. And uh, maybe, maybe you can share with folks what Weissach is, and then I'll explain the photos that people are looking at. Well, it's not on any tour. Um, you can't walk up and say, uh, we'd like to sign up for the 12 o'clock tour of Weissach. Um, it's a research and development facility. And if you've ever been to the national office here at PCA, we've got a, a very, very large blueprint frame of, uh, I think it was the... Uh, the first zoning request, if you will, of what Wysock was going to look like. It's, uh, if you heard the term flock, uh, that's where it also comes from because that's one section of, uh, Wysock, or the closest town is flock to where the motorsports division is, which is the far end of, uh, of Wysock. But this is where the test track is. This is where the designers work out. It's where the wind tunnel, it's where everything happens as far as engineering and design. And to me, uh, even though we're usually not allowed at most of the buildings and there's no cameras allowed or uh, anything recordable, I, I always tell people that it was easier to get into the White House than it was to get into Wysock. 
Yeah, so the photo that uh, you're looking at online is the uh, the, the entrance gate, and uh, I didn't want to be disrespectful, so I kind of stepped a little bit further away to take a photo. But uh, before you cross those gates, you actually have to sign in with proper ID, you lock up your phones, and then you have to be escorted in by a Porsche employee. So the security is very serious, but as immediately as soon as you cross through those gates, your eyes start wandering at all of these different things that you know you shouldn't be seeing. And I can't talk about exactly what I saw, but there's you can imagine that there are upcoming models that are being tested and driven around. We even saw uh, certain vehicles with things hitched to them as they were testing for, I guess, durability. We saw cars that were camouflaged. Um, this These cars obviously are production cars. Uh, that were parts where, you know, people can see from the outside without going in. But to the right of this photo, which I, I don't think I shared with Robert, you know, there was a sport classic, but it was like a sport classic that I don't think was a full production model because it was a little bit different. Um, but yeah, so, so as you're, as you're in Vysock, uh, we would first uh, met with Grant Larson talking about the 70 years of design, mm-hmm. and hopefully he will bring that presentation to an upcoming PCA event, probably next year's parade, if we're lucky. Um, and from there, we, we cross the line. There's a little line. I don't know. That, that's, that's actually a fun fact. When you're talking about Weissach and Flachmanni, there's, there's actually two counties. So the county line runs through the property, and the R&D development center is in Weissach. And actually, the motorsport division is down in Flacht, which is used to be almost a, about a kilometer in a thousand meters in, in total length, which now, surprisingly enough, I haven't been there in, in about three quarters of a year. Um, it's completely changed. You wouldn't recognize it. That area that was fields and mm-hmm. open space between the two is now virtually buildings oh. all the way through to Flacht. And Flacht has its own entrance now. There's a second entrance, thank God. Um, to let people onto the property and stuff, so it's it's changed a great deal. But there is that that line that runs, which is why made in Flacht is is actually it's made in another area, and the, and the motorsport people are very proud of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm I remember uh, when when I, last time I went, uh, we had lunch at the casino, which is the cafeteria, and mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if it was you, Paul, or someone said we have to eat before the motorsport people get here. Because evidently they bus all the motorsport people, which is uh, uh, probably well over a thousand uh, people uh, from, uh, like you said, from Flock, which is walkable within the facility. It's all in the gated facility. Um, but evidently once they get there, the cafeteria changes completely. So I remember we had to have lunch before uh, before motorsport got there. We had to get in for the wave. They, they, yeah. There's so many people on site that they time the lunches in waves. And so if we get in before the one wave and it's, it's actually now, if you remember many years ago, there was a small cafeteria or, or casino, as they call them, uh, down in Flacht, and that's right now in construction, so it's all up in the new areas. You do have to bus everybody up, but it, it's nice. If the weather's good, it's a good 15-minute walk, comfortable 15, 20-minute walk back to your office, so after lunch, it's a nice little, little I was, break. I was giggling earlier. Um, Paul was talking about change in, in the property in the area around Weissach because I, I pulled what a classic thing that I often, um, you know, poke fun at my my dad I, I put in the address on the gps to go to Vysok. but as i got there i kind of recognized where i needed to go and then i saw flocked and i saw the arrow and i'm like okay well that's where we need to go um but actually underneath and we we, we, we got lost 
<laughs> that's, got, that's, 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 that's the long version. They, I, got, they got lost. I, I got lost. He and, didn't listen to his Navi. He decided he knew better. Not only did I not listen to the Navi, but then also I didn't listen to my wife, which she had her phone navigating. Um, but turns out the sign that I saw, I didn't realize Flock had its separate entrance now. So I followed that arrow as opposed to underneath of it. It says, so it's flocked an arrow up me. And I thought, man, go forward. And then there's Vysok underneath Flock. But the arrow that we didn't see because it was covered by a branch or whatever, it was pointing to the right. So I got in, <laughs> I got in a bit of trouble. Because I'm like, no, we're supposed to go forward. And I did kind of recognize where we're going. But we went to the new entrance. Almost got to the new entrance. And then we called Paul and turned around. But anyways, that's why I showed That just gives you an idea of how much change there is. I believe they said there's like 16,000 employees they, they, now. They, wow. you take it. All the contractors that was on site now. I think when I started in 2007, it was about six or so, six and a half. Yeah. And now, and uh, Matthias Schultz was saying they're up to about 16,000 people on site. Yeah. That's incredible. So, so without going into too much details, I'll save it for later. But I can tell you there's some awesome iterations that are going to be coming into the future, and uh, you'll be excited to, to see them. Um, watch the space. Watch, watch the space. Yes, absolutely. So where did uh, where did we go from there, Paul? At Vysok. At was was the Thursday. Friday was the factory tours. So factory we managed. Tours. We were with, with the club Great Britain. Yeah, um, we joined. Yep. We joined them and we looked at the the 911 factory to begin with, and we looked at the Taycan factory in the afternoon, which is quite a jump if you look at the old to the new. Right. Um, it's a huge step up, or, or just a step into the modern. Right. So some the art. so some insider information for folks is you know the museum is closed on Monday, so yes. if you come over here. Don't expect the museum to be uh, here uh, open on Monday. The tours, um, you have to do those in advance? You have to to book them in advance um, because they are limited, um, so they need to be booked in advance. Um, And and you book now, you book either the 911 or the Mm Taycan, or you can book the tour in Leipzig as well. Yeah. Um, But there are tours that need to be booked in advance. And for those of you who haven't done the... Taycan Museum, I would definitely, the Taycan tour, I definitely recommend it because it is state of the art production. Um, if you've seen the 911, or if you can manage to book both and do the 911 first, I believe, and then do the Taycan afterwards, because that gives you the progression. It's 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 phenomenal. Yeah. So it's, when it's I great. when I saw the Taycan uh, factory, it, it was literally a ho- very very deep hole in the ground. How, how many well, stories down or floors I, I, down is it? I'm not sure. I, I remember them going. Info? No, no, not classified. But I think there's more underground than there's above ground, and it is a lot. Yeah. There's a lot above ground. So well, I remember them telling us that uh, maybe three stories high they could go because they couldn't yeah. block the airflow from Zuffenhausen to Stuttgart, and so they were limited. So they went underground to build the uh, factory, which I th- I thought was a really fascinating way to to address this uh, this challenge, you know, uh, with the environment. Yeah, absolutely. And um, state of the art, they have these platform robots that go around, but yet they're still very proud that they're being assembled by hand. And um, to see the 911 line, which is more traditional in sense, and then going over and seeing the Taycan line, it's it's both both very cool. We got to see the the marriage, and the marriage is when the engine and the chassis um, body come together. So we got to see it on the 911 line as well as on the Taycan line incredibly impressive and what was new and, and i've i've been to a number of these tours with with other folks but new this time was they had a way to show you the paint booth or mm-hmm. where the cars are painted so um it's like a dedicated room 
and they talk to you about the process and how the, the guns change, you know, clean out and change, and they can shoot a, a red car, then a black car, and then a blue car, and they do all that in line. You don't have to stop the production line, and it's 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 quite amazing, and it tells you about all the thickness of the paint. They, uh, what do you think the, they 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 dust the the car off before they paint it? Any idea? What do they use? What do they use? What do they I dust? Big air? Is it some sort of electrostatic, like charge something? Is no, it's dust like doesn't stick. Uh, oh shoot! It's not a peacock. It's it's a it's an animal feather. Uh, oh shoot! Ostrich feather? Yeah, ostrich feather. Yes, it's an ostrich oh, wow. feather. So they have like this big roller with a bunch of ostrich feathers that just kind of tumbles like you know, like a car wash, and the ostrich feather is the best the the best material to use to get all the dust off the car before it's painted. Right now, Richard Grillo is listening and is trying to figure out how he can get a bu- hold a bunch of <laughs> ostrich feathers to sell them at the ultimate car farm. duster. Yeah, and uh, probably another highlight is uh, we we went to visit Tromworks and Manny. I think you know what Tromworks is. Yeah, that's so. Uh, I got to, uh, uh, I can't remember which visit it was, but we went to Hans-Peter Porsche, who uh, is one of the sons of Ferry Porsche, went to his home, and uh, well, we became friends because uh, he saw my collection of Porsche toy cars, and he always said, you have to come by my house if you're ever in Austria. Uh, so it worked out, so Paul Greger set it up, and um, you know we got to talk about toys and collectibles, and he's, he was collecting uh, Markling uh, toys at the time. And uh, he was hoping to build a museum, or a place he could uh, display them. So Tromworks is that is uh, essentially his collection on display, and it's a phenomenal collection. I think Mark Lean came in and uh, uh, built a um, really, really huge HO scale uh, train display that just by itself is worth seeing, uh, and it's. Uh, it was so realistic. And the best part about it was, uh, you know, we got this tour from Hans Peter Porsche and he said, whispered to me, he said, there's one Ferrari in this whole, uh, um, you know, model display of trains. And he walked me to this one, uh, little mountain road and he said, and he pointed to it and it was a Ferrari being towed because it broke down. <laughs> I thought that was the funniest thing. That is the place where Peter puts all of his, his, his collectors, he's collected over the years. The Macklin are a lot of tin. But it's not just the trains. He started out with with toys. He toys tin like toys. Tin toys that are like a years old plus, and they're boats, they're submarines. There's all kinds of working engines, combustion. It's, it's all. It's very. He put it all into the museum, um, and actually, he he built that area himself. Macklin is the brand that supplied all or does all yeah. the toys, the trains. But it was his passion. He brought in the designers and he planned. He started his first ones with his kids. Like he bought. Yeah. He built the trains and built the areas with his kids. His kids gave him a small scale um, environment with mountains and everything for his 80th birthday. And uh, but this was one of his dreams. It was his dream work. And he, I mean, and he built it that. has a restaurant inside, and it's, uh, a, it's one, a sizable uh, museum, if you will. It's not a uh, like a one room display. It's uh, oh no, it's got cars inside of it. It's uh, definitely it, worth the visit. So, so it's a figure eight config. It's a figure eight configuration, very similar to some of this uh, more simple model train, right? So it's modeled after that. And as you walk up these ramps, you see, like any single display there, a collector would be proud to just have that single display. And there are hundreds, 
if not thousands of these displays in this beautiful museum. And, and he's had a lot of this stuff before the museum was all at home. And, you know, the dining room or the, the basement or in his garage. And I, I think at some point he, his family, his wife decided, uh, you need to do something with this. And that was sort of the impetus to say, okay, sounds like a good idea. Let me put together a, a place to, to show him off. To put it into context, in that train area, there's, there, there are 74 trains running at the same time. Yeah. And so they're all controlled and they all have, have systems and they go through and there's, three areas of Switzerland, Austria, and Germany. They're showing the Alps. Yeah. And there's a 17-minute loop which actually goes through from the morning 24 hours. Yeah. And so the, the you see a sunrise and a day and a sunset. And it's it, the amount of detail is absolutely astronomical. There's the Porsche diesel tractor factory. There are the Porsche factories. There's all these miniature things that are set up inside. It's incredible. And, and of course, there's a lot of things that are on display that were made by these various train companies but he has also tailored some of the pieces to represent Porsche or things that they do. And one perfect example was they have this, I think it's a 164th scale Cayenne that they loaded up a computer and motor and so on and so forth. Basically what it does is it drives through a path, hits the blinkers to turn and exit, and then it comes down this you know little side road and hits the blinker again on the right side, turns into the driveway, comes to the garage door, stops, the garage door opens, and the car pulls in. It's it's unbelievable. And there's like no there's no visible wires, no visible it's all through programming. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's uh if you're I think it's is it in Salzburg, is that where it's located? It's on the German side, so it's about 19 kilometers from Salzburg, but it's on the German side. So it's in it's a town called Anger, A-N-G-E-R. And after you, if you just Google Traumwerk, Hans Peter, it'll, it'll come up. But definitely worth the visit. And the restaurant itself yeah. is, is is the best museum restaurant I think I've ever been to. So it's it's phenomenal. It's very nice and great for kids. There's tons of stuff to look oh, at yeah. and play. So if you're traveling through to Europe, it's definitely a place to go visit. Yeah, so if the you other follow on Instagram, you can. Uh... If you uh, if you uh, just look up Tromwork, it'll um, it's a great Instagram uh, account to follow because they're always posting pictures of their displays or their special toys. Changes all the time. Changes yeah. all the time. And, and I want to give a shout out to to Hans Peter Porsche for the causes that he uses the uh, museum to help support and some of the stories. Like obviously, there's train setup where you can put dollar bills or, or coins or whatever it is euros. Uh, to support local charities, but you know, through COVID, the the one example is that there's this huge circus tent outside. And I'm thinking, oh, it's the circus in town, and it was actually, you know, to make the 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 story a bit more concise, is you know, because of COVID, this this uh, town to town or uh, circus really was not able to do anything, and they were literally about to get all of their cars or assets taken away from them, and um, he set them straight and he wanted to bring their circus to, to the to the museum show it off let people know that they're in town and then support them and let them do their business while you know it's tied to Tromworks and it's, he has a long link he collects bears and he has certain passions and and has always been one that he's enjoyed and so for him it was very important they now actually the next the next special edition that's coming out the next display is focusing on circus, and so that's why it's very temporary. He actually managed to arrange for the circus to be there. The museum is set up for circus. We saw some of the displays inside were being changed, 
so it's all about circus and artists and and stuff so it's it's quite and he has a number of initiatives also the the thomas sabo the the, the volkswagen van that he yeah. bought is a piece of art but that was a donation also for for charity for for children children helps so he does he does an awful lot so let me just change it up and kind of share with you some things that i have been kind of enjoying while here in germany and, and uh i robert put up the the photo of the food and um that wasn't actually the, the the food in the uh the the museum but that was just a a pit stop at uh in munich that's a pit stop in munich of uh paul's house and man i tell you what i haven't had a bad meal since i've been here but that was actually you know unbelievably delicious because it was made with love made by by his wife so but actually it's just that um munich is about halfway to hans peter's travel work. so yeah. when we left stuttgart we had we had the banquet the evening before we had to leave very early we had to leave at like 7:45 in the morning yeah and we as far as we got to munich and it was time for a break and an espresso coffee and a quick bite and then on to see on speeder in time so it was a busy day but we was glad to have you guys drop through so yeah so we've been on the road quite a bit it's been like six in the morning starts seven in the morning starts and we're out um you know maybe getting to bed by by midnight or one o'clock but in between those stints we're been covering a lot of ground which means you have to drive a little bit now we have a a rental they don't even have them in the states it's called a vw chiron it's like it's like a little baby minivan that it's a big minivan for Europe. It's a big minivan for, but it's a big. It's not even the size of uh, Odyssey. It's more of the size of like a Rav Four that they've modified to seat seven people. But the cool thing about it is it's a manual. It's got no power. Um, in fact, when I was pulling out of the uh, the garage at um, the museum, it's on a quite bit of a slope. And in first gear, I didn't give it enough gas, and I stalled with everybody in the car. So it was embarrassing. <laughs> Um, but we did get to drive on the Audubon, and for those of you that haven't driven on the Audubon, you better do so before they change the the, the rules and the laws. Um, it's not a free for all, um, but you know it's not a free for all at all. But there are certain areas that you can truly enjoy um, the speed of your car. Uh, and what's great is, and, and it's, it's changed for in the past decade, but for the most part, everyone that's driving on the roads, you won't believe how choreographed it is. And, and for the most part, people stay to the right unless they're passing on the left and as it should be. And I don't know why we can't do it in the States, but man, it is a treat to be able to drive on the Autobahn. Passing on the right is very expensive. So passing yeah. on is a big no, no, you, yeah. you just don't do that. And uh, so then, and keeping the le- keeping the left side open is also a common. So I, I think people understand that if if you if you you don't have to slow down. If you go off and you get out of the left lane for a second, let somebody yeah. by and come back out again. It doesn't cost you a single meter, but you, you, the traffic just flows better. So I yeah. think it's just in general the way it is. But you know, we we've done quite a bit of travel. We actually were were lucky enough to make it down from the Tramburg. We went down to Selamsee. Yep. And uh, there was supposed to be an event to, Betty um, Porsche was organizing an event this weekend to close the Grossglockner, which is the pass there. And the idea was to close the pass. It was the close season closing. It's supposed to be for Sunday morning. We we tried to hope to hit that like at 7 in the morning or something. But the weather forecast was bad and they called for snow to close the pass. And so they moved the event up to Saturday morning, which obviously we couldn't make because we were in the museum. So yeah. we didn't get that, but we did manage then on Sunday to go up and we thought we'll try and go up there until the storm comes. Right. And lucky enough, the storm didn't come. And because the storm wasn't what was supposed to come, 
virtually nobody went up. So we and this had, is we where had, I we had a very this very is where I, where I had my how did they say it revelation 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 because we had a, a a little stint that we were able to experience a uh, a Turbo S and a GT3 on some very uh, curvy roads and um, I really came out with a I always knew the Turbo S was an amazing car but in the states I think when you talk about both cars it's sort of like automatically lean towards a GT3 but I'm here to tell you a Turbo S especially in Europe where you have room to exercise that vehicle uh, and you come across varying um, you know terrain and and wet and dry and gravel and everything the Turbo S is king absolutely king is it is it as analog and loud and you know more sensory than the GT3 no i mean the track the track weapon should be a GT3 absolutely but if you're using a vehicle at speed on highways like Germany, man, the Turbo S just shines. I think it's like your kids. You know, you know, they, 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 you, you had, you don't have to choose which one you like better. They're, they're both very viable just, propositions, I, I, and they're I, both, they are both phenomenal I, packages on their own. I, I just, I've never thought about the Turbo S in that fashion. It was just, it was just. We we had very very mixed weather to be honest. So we yeah. had we had a lot of rain. Um, and then some, some pretty heavy rain in between as well. And that, that's definitely where, you know, the wet mode and the Turbo S shines. So, all right. So let's, let's save, unless you two have any questions, let's save more Germany stuff. And you guys want to talk a little bit about, uh, Porsche news. Yeah. There's not a, not a whole lot, except I guess, obviously Paul knows, uh, the big talk is still, uh, the IPO, um, mm -hmm. you know, what's Porsche going to be really valued at? What's the, uh, what, supposedly the stock's supposed to be on sale at the end of the month, so that's just two more days. Um, I haven't seen anything as of uh, this morning, um, uh, which would be Monday morning, about uh, when the exact date's going to be. Um, but what, how's the feeling there? Is there any? Uh, is it uh, a lot of discussion about uh, Porsche's? Uh, I get to me, it's like their independence is just around the corner. I, I'm not, the communication that are being very, very controlled. I mean, there's a lot of interest people looking at. I know the, the news are reporting on it as well, um, but all of the official statements come from our press department. So I think that's where you should look to find the newest. There's, there's, I'm, I'm it's very controlled what is being communicated around an IPO. Um, I've been, I've been, it's, it's, sorry, I mean, it needs to be regulated. There are yeah. certain, there are things that are in place that need to be formally taken care of, and so. I think you're about as well informed as all of us as anybody else would be. Yeah, I've been take, here. Take the laptop, laptop outside and listen to this <laughs> Paul again. <laughs> I know. Seriously, I've, I've, I've been here for almost a week, and those three letters have not been mentioned by anyone. I don't know. As he said, it's very controlled. Um, I'm, I'm sure everybody hope, is hoping for the best, but it's not really being discussed. They're just focused on their day to day business and. And moving forward, any so. talk about uh, the Red Bull Formula One deal over there? Uh, there's been some side discussions on that, nothing official, and uh, yeah. Any any, the, any reason to give Jim Hemmick hope that something may come of it? Uh, no, I, I I we found something else that will give Jim Hemmick hope, but it, it, it has nothing to do with Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> we'll so uh, what Robert just set up was, uh, I think somebody. Uh, uh, paid to have a uh, uh, possible uh, 
sometimes what we do, like a creation of what the the electric boxer is going to look like. Um, so I, I, it's not a far stretch to they got their cues from the um, the what was it the mission R the mission the, R yep the mission R. Um, you know, I can see how they're trying with that, but doesn't that look kind of like an Audi TT the way they squished it? I don't know. Um, it, to me, it'll be interesting. Uh, and even with the 911, obviously 911, they know is going to go hybrid first and then, uh, I'm sure eventually electric. Um, and we've talked about this before. Is it still a 911 if there's motors on both the front and the rear? Uh, you know, 911 is the only, I think, the only one with the engine in the rear st- of any uh, auto manufacturer. So that makes it quite unique. Um, the Cayman Boxster mid-engine. I've read where they're going to try to move the batteries or the motor in the middle to keep that same uh, neutral handling. Uh, so it, it, to me, it'll be interesting to see how they uh, uh, they address that. I think this is part of the show. You can't see me, or those that are listening can't see. I just kind of nod my head and agree and smile <laughs> but as soon as we can talk about it we will well, that's no fun <laughs> that's no fun uh and of course the only other piece of news i thought was interesting was that for those who don't know and porsche racing uh they are still racing the 991 uh which is the uh, gt3r it'll be the last year and i think is that damon are they just doing that in the u.s you know, I'm I'm not sure. I uh, I'm not on the cutting edge of racing at this point, but they have released, I believe, the 992 GT3R, or at least announced it with pictures and all that. So it's yeah, about so, time for the Dot Two to be retired. Yeah, everything's uh, it's a swan song of the uh, 991.2 GT3R that's raced and been so successful uh, for Porsche. It seems like it just came out a, few, uh, a couple of years ago, but it has been around for a while. Um, with that said, I, I got to make a recommendation for a, a documentary I saw on, I think with Netflix. It's called Rookie Season. Um, it's not about Porsche. It's about racing uh, this team called Rebel Rock, and they race the Camaro. Uh, but for those who like racing, sports car racing, uh, you do see a lot of Porsches in there because it follows Rebel Rock as they go to uh, – the Michelin Pilot Challenge, I think, or Pilot Sport Challenge, um, but it's uh, it's pretty uh, pretty well done uh, documentary showing their um, their challenges, their frustrations. What made me feel really good was uh, watching a pro team totally hose up a pit stop because I thought I thought that only happens to amateurs like me, but uh, even with the best pros, sometimes communications get mixed up. But it's a uh, Hour and a half movie, I think, or documentary, and uh, for race fans, uh, I think you'll enjoy it. So you talked about the, <laughs> so I had to, I had to clear it, because <laughs> um, I won't say where we we had the opportunity, but I can understand why or how someone can mess up a pit stop because there was actually a uh, uh, air gun uh, for the center lock nut that uh, the teams use to change the tires at a pit stop and we practice, to practice, they practice with and they practice quite a bit to get that just right. Because I tell you what, that thing almost twisted my arm off when I fired off the trigger. So I can only imagine having the pressure of not messing up and the weight of the, the gun and then also the torque and the power. Yeah, it's a pretty stressful job and I can see how people might mess that up. So I'm assuming you saw the nine, six, three. 
over there? Um, it was a nice day at Vysock. <laughs> you can at least say you saw it. I'm not asking for a wing settings or. <laughs> he gave um, all he needed to. There's, there's, a, there's some exciting things to come. Yes. Well, it's coming pretty soon. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, and we hope to be, you know, we hope to be well integrated into all the communications and all the exciting things that to come. So stay tuned. Yeah, we were talking about this this morning in the office, some of us, about uh, our plans for next year being 75 years of Porsche and how uh, PCA will, uh, what their plan is going to be for the events from works reunion to parade the rent sport. Um, plus, uh, uh, in addition to that, we have 60 years of the 911, and of course, the uh, first year of the uh, the 963, which is going to go for our overall win at Le Mav and plus Daytona and I think Sebring. So it is going to be a fun year in 2024. Yeah, there's or 2023. 2024 will be fun too, but 2024 will be really fun. Really good. Yeah, yeah, we're going to be quite busy next year. Um, speaking of events and stuff, because we're getting to the top of the hour, let's talk about upcoming events. Uh, I'll be wrapping this trip up here in the next day or so, heading back to the States and heading to Audrain with a, a few uh, PCA members and about 25 cars. So looking forward to seeing some of you all at the gathering at the rough point. Uh, after that, we've got a number of kind of internal visits and such getting ready for Unstock, um, but before we actually arrive at Unstock, uh, some of us will be going to SEMA, which is a specialty equipment um, manufacturers association uh, show where we're actually pounding the pavement at the convention center. 28,000 steps a day is what we did last time. <laughs> so we're trying to get all the latest technical information on all things. Uh, and then uh, you saw the preview there that... Uh, that was put up the LA Auto Show that we are going to do cars and coffee. We talked about it on the last show. You know the special access at the the floor of the um, Porsche Porsche booth, and then well, it'll the- be coffee and new Porsche cars. So don't think you're going to bring your Porsche in for a normal cars and coffee. Correct. And, and then that registration no- opens on uh, October nineteenth. Okay. So, and once again, uh, they're limited. Uh, very limited and. Uh, you know, if you're not you're not getting e-break news, uh, go in and subscribe to it because this is where you're going to get your information. Damon here uh, does it every uh, Tuesday, comes out Tuesday evening, Wednesday morning, and um, uh, this is where you're going to find the latest links to uh, a lot of these events. Uh, but we're very excited to have the member uh, member event for um, Friday for the LA Auto Show again. And then we'll be going right into the weekend with. Tech Tactics West, we're still waiting to hear at which location, but as soon as we have it, obviously we will we'll share with you all. And that registration opens October 24th, that's the plan so far. It'll, uh, uh, as far as I see it, the same as before, two one-day events, uh, same uh, schedule both days, so it gives the opportunity to fit as many people as possible. And I think it's also worth uh, mentioning that uh, with Unstock, uh we're up to about 80 cars, I think we can fit 125, so... If you have any questions, email us if whether or not your car is uh, Unstock uh, worthy, I guess. Um, we've got a lot of interesting cars that registered, so it's going to be a great uh, great event to come out to. And we actually had the Unstock discussion all the way here in Germany at dinner one night 
where there's a collector that uh, has interest in bringing a very uniquely modified vehicle. So I put him, uh, I'll put him in connection with you. Did, did you explain how you created your own German word? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get that far. He just assumed it was blessed by somebody. <laughs> All right. How about uh, videos? Yeah, videos. Uh, we have uh, the latest GT2 RS one mile review. Uh, which you can watch now. Coming up next uh, for videos uh, tomorrow, so it'll be out by the time uh, you listen or watch this, will be an in-depth review of the Cayenne Turbo GT by VU. Um, and then out in the future, we have a 993 Carrera RS versus Carrera RS Club Sport video. Uh, less of a versus or comparison than showing our viewers how a Carrera RS differs from a base Carrera in a club sport from a Carrera RS. Um, we got to drive a local Safari 911 SC Vysock edition, which will be an upcoming one mile review. Uh, Carrera Cup USA, not very much content on those cars, and Manny got to drive one. So look forward to that in the next couple weeks, early October. Uh, and then we have some DIY videos with the upcoming winter garage season on. Uh, replacing Macan spark plugs, and also um, watching Panorama editor Rob Sass replace his water pump, which I think will be pretty entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> entertaining is being very nice. I think we had edited out all the uh, cussing that uh, Rob was we, doing as he broke more parts than he fixed on that video. <laughs> but he got it running, and it is still running fine, as far as I know. So the uh, we also released the... Uh, the window repair video, I guess we could call it, where oh, yep. uh, showing. Um, yep, I believe that's for nine eight sixes. Is what uh, Vu had as the demonstrator car. I'm pretty sure nine nine six will be the same, and possibly nine eight seven nine nine seven. But it's a little very easy fix to have your window drop down when you open the door, so it clears the roof. Um, if you have zip ties, but you don't have the OEM Porsche part and you need that to, to work, it's something you could probably do in a parking lot. It's, uh, and, and I was looking at the comments from the most recent podcast, the word we were looking for, for bag, I think when you cross maybe past Chicago is sec. When you uh, go to the convenience uh, store, they will ask you not, do you want a bag with that? But do you want a sack with that? A plastic sack. Well, that's a good segue to ask people to please comment because we do read them. We find them yeah. fun that you're listening and you know. So, you know, when we see you out uh, at events and you talk about these details that we only have said in the podcast. So we certainly enjoy the comments. Of course, be sure to like and subscribe. I want to thank Ski Maker who put uh, gave us five stars and talked uh, uh, about how much um, he loved the show. He did ask a funny question because we haven't seen him lately. He's like, did something happen to Nathan? No, Nathan's just busy, but he'll definitely be back. We have more videos with Nathan in the future. So He's actually going to be in the uh, – not the, so the next Act Act is live is uh, about non-petroleum oil. It's a company that's developed. It's, it's, yeah. it's a lot of chemistry, but it's really fascinating. And they've been, they've been blessed by Porsche, and they're working on other things with Porsche because obviously uh, – we're looking to a world that's uh, less dependent on uh, on oil, so uh, uh, it'll be an interesting discussion of this new uh, alternative uh, oil. 
And then the tech tactics after that will be with Nathan where we're going to cover the 997.2, a 997.2 buyer's guide. So uh, fans of Nathan Mers will see him again. Yep, and uh, I do want to say uh, we all love Nathan Mers videos, and we know our audience does. It's I believe the Carrera 3.2 video, which we released last year, is still one of our best videos in the past couple of years because you guys want to know about those cars. Uh, so our next video with Nathan is going to be all about or everything you need to know about the Porsche 993 or the 911 built from 1994 to 1998. Uh, haven't received a draft yet. He said he's extremely busy this year, but that will be the next one. So stay tuned. Absolutely. So before I do my official sign off, Paul, anything before we sign off? Just that it's, it's great to have been here and great to have talked. And it's also for us, it's, it's fantastic to have the piece here to visit us again i think for for aaron as, as incoming and, and and for tom that are here i think it's just been a phenomenal experience i think it's very important that we keep these these bonds open these relations open that we build the bridges to the other clubs so great to have you here and uh, look forward to seeing as many of you as possible either here or there and even next year in this 70th anniversary is going to be a big year thank before you, Paul. you uh, before you let him go uh, i'm sure the listeners will want to hear because uh, paul's not just an employee of porsche he's also a porsche enthusiast about what he drives Nine nine uh, no eight nine nine seven C two S, and you had there was something else that we saw Macan the Macan GTS Macan GTS, yeah. nice yeah. So, that's absolutely a, that's a company car. Which one do you like more? Oh, just no kidding! Question. You don't have to answer that. <laughs> don't get anybody mad. <laughs> All right, folks, thanks for listening. If you aren't currently a PCA member and you own a Porsche, what are you waiting for? Grab that VIN. Go to PCA.org. If you haven't bought a Porsche yet, we can help you out with that, too. We've got a test drive program. Once again, go to PCA.org. Remember to follow the podcast Instagram page. See behind-the-scenes photos, Porsche Club Insider, all one word. One word. Um, email us if you have any questions, podcast at PCA.org, or simply comment on the YouTube podcast. Uh, you can just send us a note at any time. We love hearing from you. Thank you for all of your support. It looks like we're getting great traction with the podcast um, on the podcast platforms as well as on YouTube. So with that, I'll see you back in the States here shortly. Take care. Bye. Bye now.